damn how brave is wendy williams oh my gosh let's give her i want to let's that's how i'm starting off the show i want to give a round of applause to my aunt wendy that's right wendy is an aunt in my head i can't be any more prouder of wendy than i am right now this is this is how you do it people this is how you be on your grown man or your grown woman shit you own up to things that ain't nobody even asks you to own up to but having a woman in the mirror situation, you're realizing there's some things you need to get in order, you know, in your life. What I respect the most about Wendy is that being in uh, the media, reporting all the time on other celebrities, right, whether favorably or unfavorably, I'm sure she knows by now, all the years that she's been in the game, you know, if somebody's going to tell my story, I'm going to tell my story myself in my words. I'm not going to let nobody catch me out here doing this. I'm not going to let nobody catch me here. You know, whatever situation is, I'm going to tell the story my way. And I feel like the way that she uh, is, 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 you know, she started out on the right foot. I mean, as far as like exiting the gate, as far as this race. And I'm really proud of Wendy right now. So as far as Wendy goes, I grew up with Wendy Williams and I can remember Wendy being a part of my life as far as back as when I was a child, even junior high school. I remember going on a field trip in seventh grade. I believe we went to the city, went to go see like the Intrepid or something. And on the way there in the city, we happened to see Wendy Williams literally in a fur coat because it was wintertime, walking out a car and going into a building with um, people with her like entourage. And one of our classmates was like, yo, it's Wendy. So we couldn't believe it. You should have seen us. It's like. About 30-some kids trying to hang out the window. The damn teacher's trying to get us to sit down. We're going crazy because when she saw us and she waved and it just like totally made our, our day. Moving forward, Wendy had been a very major part of my high school career because she was on the radio. <clears throat> and radio was a very big part of my life growing up because you didn't have your YouTubes and you didn't, you didn't, you didn't have things where you could like, um, you know, fast forward and rewind TV. So sitting by the radio to listen to your song or catching like, you know, the top 10 at 10 or top 5 at 5 was a really big deal. So you really knew your radio personalities, kind of like you know them today. And Wendy was always there. And one thing I always remember about Wendy is that she's always been a straight up honest person. One of the things that got people listening to Wendy and falling in love with Wendy was that she was different from any radio personality because of just how straightforward, raw and uncut that she was about everything, including the things that were going on in her personal life. Right. And one of the things that Wendy has always been honest about is her drug usage in the past, her addictions to alcohol, um, her addictions to, uh, to um, club life and club setting. Wendy has shared stories over the years before she got off radio about how she used to leave the club, her and her husband and her entourage sometimes. They'd be driving on the way back to Jersey. Um, they'd be so hungover, so fucked up. They pulling on the side of the road, opening the car door, leaning over, hurling. You know what I'm saying? W- wipe them off with their back of their hand real quick. Tip their ass back in the car, keep it pushing to the next stop, throw up till they make it home. You know, so we know Wendy's ugly story. There's nothing that anybody I think could really say about Wendy. Not even this. She's a man. thing. I don't give a fuck if Wendy's a man or not. Like I said, in my head, that's my Aunt Wendy. So they have nothing to do with anything. You know, it was Wendy who put us on to Charlemagne the God. Because everybody loves Charlemagne today. And I, Charlemagne is always going to be cool. But before Charlemagne was doing what he's... I remember Charlemagne being on uh, the Wendy Williams show, the talk show, and being called... Uh, she should say, my nephew Charlemagne. They were so tight and had such a tight bond. And everybody loved Charlemagne and Wendy's banter and their discussion. And, you know, he got donkey today. So, you know, their personalities pretty much went together. We really believe that was her nephew. One day she had to really say, he's not my nephew. I just... 
I just call him that. You know, it's just like we say Uncle Snoop. I say Auntie Wendy. She says that's my nephew. Then because of political reasons, nothing between um, Wendy and Charlemagne per se, like personally happened. But it was like a political issue where they could no longer uh, keep Charlemagne on. But you know what? It was a blessing in disguise because it opened up a lot of doors for Charlemagne. And now Charlemagne almost like a household name, I think, nationwide, not just in New York. <clears throat> okay. So, um, going from listening to Wendy about four to six hours a day. I mean, even when I was in college, I remember listening to Wendy before school, after school. She would come on, I think, as from like so anywhere from like two and leave at like six or sometimes seven. Like she used to have, she went out for like one hour, sometimes two. Then towards the end, she was there for like five, six hours a day. And then one day she told us, look, they're offering me a show. Um, it's going to be in the summer. They were going to do this trial run. It's going to be literally like eight shows. It's going to be really fast. Um, support me or whatever. If it goes great, then, you know, God has opened up a door for me. And as we all know, Wendy got her show and it, it, it went well. And that's where she's been since. So I, we were sad because we got like mad Wendy, like during the week. So you got like 30 hours of Wendy. I'm talking about like five hours of Wendy, five days a week. That's like 30 hours of juicy ass shit. You know what I'm saying? Uncensored because she wasn't on TV. Now you get Wendy for an hour. You know what I'm saying? She got to fit every fucking thing in an hour. It's still great, but, you know, I personally miss, like, when she used to be on the radio, but I'm happy for where she is. So, as far as I'm concerned, um, I never understood where she was at currently with anything, drugs or alcohol. It always seemed as if she had it under control. But the thing with addictions, I think what people need to understand, um, those of us who are honest about addictions we've had or probably currently have, because some people can't still be honest about it. They're still playing games. That's another reason why I respect Wendy, because she's owning up to her shit. She's saying, listen, obviously, I'm I, I'm out of control. She must reach the point where she felt I'm out of control and I'm getting out of control. I'm not going to let this addiction take me out and take out everything that I worked hard for. You know what I'm saying? I got to take control of this shit before it takes control of me. I need to get back behind the steering wheel because I'm not driving right now. You know, this demon is driving. This demon called addiction is driving. Right. And, you know, you just you, you, you have to you have to respect that. So she basically came out and said, I'm living in a sober house. You know, she was in tears and she said that, you know, don't let my glam fool you. And this is. The most powerful message that I feel like she said, don't let my glam fool you. As far as I'm concerned, I don't let anybody's glam fool me, you know, and I don't even let anybody's m- little mediocre shine, you know what I'm saying, um, fool me. And that's not to say that I think about the worst of people, but I know damn well, it's a lot of people that's looking like they're holding their shit together. And honey, you're probably hopped up on an antidepressant. You're probably on the upper right now. It's a lot of things that we probably don't know. Some people smoke marijuana, you can smell smoke on them. People pop pills, you can't smell a pill. That's what I just took, you know, kind of thing. <clears throat> And then you got people who try to front like everything's okay because some people are very type A and they don't want people to know anything um, or they want people to look at them in a certain light, especially people in Hollywood. That's why I used to always refer to the Kardashians as a shiny filth. No disrespect, but I'm like, you know, I don't give a fuck. You know, they could put a lipstick on a pig. It's still a fucking pig. You know, I don't give a fuck how much diamonds and, and, and Roberta Clark, I don't give a fuck what you put her in. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, that core, that inside, you cut it open, it's still shit. Some of these people, you know? And that's what Wendy is saying. I, I love people who they authentic self. And I can honestly say Wendy is one person who been a major influence in my life as a child from young to help me understand it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to open up and say, I feel like this or I'm sad or I battle depression or like when Michael Phelps came out and he, that was big, you know, that's a big deal. Like that is the most humbling thing that makes you superhuman, you know, to a super relatable, super respectable or something where, you know, 
you not only that you're helping people, you're helping people see the reality of this world, which is even somebody like me can have an everyday problem that you got, you know? And not only that, if I can take accountability for it, I think that you can too. I feel it's very brave what she did. There's a lot of people that's using a lot of drugs right now. I don't, you know, I say I, I don't judge people on their vices because I don't want nobody judging me on mine. I know I drink and I smoke marijuana. I share that on, on this podcast. But certain things, certain drugs, people, you can't do forever. You know what I mean? Like my cousin, who's a heavy stoner, <laughs> and he loves to, he loves to be known as a stoner. You know what I'm saying? That's what he does. I, I mean, he's a professional roller. This nigga's a professional every fucking thing. A professional smoker, a professional. This nigga knows how to do it, when to do it. He 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 knows he, when he's down or he's coming down. He calls it recovery time. He has his whole lingo for the shit that he does, right? <laughs> like a schedule and everything. And I said to him, you know. You know, because, you know, you got to slow down. He's like, listen, you ain't got to tell me shit. He's like, I'm a professional stoner. He's like, certain drugs, I know. He said, this is what he told me. And when he put it in the like, that's, I never, you know, I never thought about it. Like, he's like, listen, there's certain drugs you can't do past a certain age. He's like, after a certain age, like 40 into 50, he's like, when your body starts slowing down and your heart isn't working the same, you get like, cholesterol and things of that nature. He's like, I don't even care if you're in shape. It's certain drugs you, you shouldn't take after a certain age. You shouldn't be like into your late 40s, into your 50s, still popping E, B. You cannot be still sniffing coke and, and doing crack at fit. I know there's crackheads that old, but I'm just saying, you can't afford to do that. That's the type of shit like any fucking roll, Eve, Molly, uh, any any fucking high you on at that point could literally be the last one. Your heart could literally pop and stop. You know, it could it could literally pop and stop now when you're younger, but your body is, I guess, a little bit more durable right now. You know what I'm saying? Like you're still in the process of wearing yourself down. It ain't everything you can fucking do till you're fucking. What the fuck you think you're gonna be fucking sniffing? I ain't seen nobody yet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just all the way to come on. You might make it till 60 something, but even then, after a while, you gotta come on. You gotta slow it down. I think, as far as he's concerned, I agree with. It. I think the only drug you probably could do for the rest of your life, literally every single fucking day, because even certain drugs you can't even supposed to do every day. But if you're addicted to something, you will start doing it every fucking day. You know what I'm saying? Addiction is an addiction. It's a monster. But marijuana, that's the only fucking thing you could do every single day, whether you eat the shit in a fucking Rice Krispie treat or you smoke it or you vape it or whatever the hell, whatever you do. That's the only thing. Okay. Even elderly people, as long as their lungs is working. And I, you know, I mean, as far as like, you know, they, they, they didn't, you're not connected to like an oxygen tank. You know what I'm saying? And even then, maybe somebody could just give them a shoddy or something. Anyhow, my point is you can't do everything probably, you know? I wouldn't want to wake up in here one Wendy, whether we knew it was going on or not. You see, that's the other thing to not know is like, then you wake up one day when DOD, like, come on, man. Like, I, you know, I don't, I don't give a fuck what you think she's a man or not. Like, nobody deserves that. And I'm very happy for her to be frightened. Now, she says that um, she didn't say specifically what to drug or what, what it is that um, <clears throat> she's addicted to, <clears throat> excuse me, or she's currently working to get clean from. But she did say that um, in the past when she had quit cocaine, um, she had did it cold turkey and that um, she never really actually sought this treatment and the steps that she's taking now. I can honestly say there's some things that I've quit cold turkey and I haven't actually went into a program at all for anything. But then I think she's starting to realize like that that could have been your mindset at that time. Your mindset at that time could have just been used a little bit stronger. It could be now. And, you know, she's older now. You know, she's been in the game for a minute. It could be now that it's so excessive. They said there was rumors of her husband cheating. There could be possibly a divorce. You don't know what's going on. Obviously, when these, I know her schedule since over 20-something years ago, no matter what she was using, is way busier. Ain't no telling. 
you know, people use uppers for a lot of different reasons too. It's not even to be high. Some people just like they have jobs where they just can't really afford to fall asleep. You know what I'm saying? Like they really have to be up all the time. And unfortunately, they don't have natural insomnia like the rest of us, you know, and they need things to keep them up. I know celebrities a lot have to take uppers because sometimes you're over here and you're jet lag and you got to go over there and you got to go perform another eight hours. There's no fucking red. There's, I don't give a fuck how many Red Bulls you drink. Ain't nothing going to keep you up. Maybe like maybe, uh, you know, it's any kind of upper, you name it. And people going to be on that. So she basically said that she's in the uh, house with everyday people, her regular brothers and sisters, who she says doesn't know that she's Wendy and doesn't care that she's Wendy. These are real people that are suffering through addictions. And she put the fact that she put herself in the sober house <clears throat> family says a lot to me. First of all, her and her husband, she says, already have the Hunter Foundation uh, for people struggling with addiction. If anybody's interested, it is 855-HUNTER. So she says she already had that. But for her to put herself in a sober house, in the tri-state area, to actually put herself in a sober house, says a lot. It says that I really want to get clean and I'm trying to get my life together. Because a lot of people, when you stop using, the first thing they're going to tell you is to stay away from certain friends and family. They might even tell you to change your number because usually your friends or you had people you might have used with, like maybe for instance, her husband, maybe not. But maybe now at that time, being at the house and people having access to call on the phone, there's certain things that are going to trigger you. It's basically what I'm saying to one of you. <clears throat> it seems to me like she really want her environment to be controlled. She have a 24-hour uh, sobriety coach that pick her up in the morning from the sober house, take her to the studio so she could do her job. She goes and does her Pilates, she says. Um, she goes to meetings all around. And then after that, she's um, back into the sober house. She said, well, she talks to the guys. She said, they're dirty and they smelly. She's just joking around. She said, they talk for hours. And then after a while, she gets bored. You know, when he keeps it real, she said, by 10 o'clock, lights out. The doors is locked and that's it. She looks, stares at the ceiling. You know, she thinks about things. And in the morning, who comes get her? 24-hour sobriety coach. And I have a feeling at this point in her uh, getting clean and her sobriety, it must be important or she must be at a step, which is like um, to let people know. Because what she said is saying it on TV and on air, her family didn't know other than her husband, Kevin, and her son, Kevin Jr. So now her family knows and everybody knows. So she's sharing it out at the same time. You know, obviously, this is a big deal. In my heart, I get that Wendy really wants to stop this i feel this woman is really showing up for her fucking life and to me that's not a that's not a laughing matter that's something you applaud you know what i'm saying like i'm applauding that's something i give mad respect to because i see people in the hood every single day <clears throat> this is what she's talking about that the struggle is real especially amongst the, especially in african-american media and all around everybody have their vices but man you know what i'm saying there's people that's not even gonna ever own up and say i smoke way too much but or i drink way too much or um, you know, I need to stop popping Molly or I need to stop doing E or even this case who got me fucked. I don't know that anybody, you know, that we, even if you feel it, I don't know that anybody would, <clears throat> without being mandated by the court of law or being, having the court threatened to take your children away, your license, even like Annalise in, uh, how to get away with murder. You see with her drinking, it came with a problem that we're going to, we're going to take your license away unless people are usually mandated by some kind of, I never see that shit. You understand what I'm saying? And I don't think that that's something that uh, should be taken as a laughing matter. I think it's very brave what she thinks. I think it's very admirable. She made me want to cut back on drinking and shit. That made me, I stopped altogether. You know what I'm saying? She made me want to, because I want to, you know, certain things you got to just evaluate. <clears throat> I didn't say nothing about giving up marijuana. That's, that's, a, that's different, child. You're going to have to really intervention my ass with that one and 
The way the world is just changing to be so green, green positive. Like, I don't really... Anyway, my point is, I'm proud of Wendy, you know? I'm really proud of her. And the audience, you could tell they were... um, Because she was talking about your family and your friends. And that's what I'm saying. Like, even if it's not you, stop fronting. Like, in your community, you don't see it. Or your brothers or your sisters, your friends, or your co-workers. You know what I'm saying? Hell, maybe it's just a group of people you you all just regularly go out and get drunk with. And that's fine, you know? But some people is... um, there's a little bit going on more than you know. It might not just be at, at those moments with you. Some people do, you know, they can't stop. There is something called excess, you know, and they, they just can't stop. Two two cups isn't enough, you know, two lines isn't enough, you know. But I just hear a woman that's saying, I worked too hard for everything that I got. This is something that I battled in the past. She said when she went cold turkey in the past, it was like God was on the shoulder. I know what she mean by that. Because when you go cold turkey, there's a lot of people, certain things, when you break addictions, there's people like, you did what? And you'd be like, yeah, but I went cold turkey. People, they can't understand that. It is like an angel that be on you that can stop you. But what do you do now if you get back into that situation? Because the demon is dormant. That's the thing with alcoholism. When you're in sobriety, everybody says, I have this much time under my belt. And every single day is a day that's accounted as an additional day of time of sobriety under their belt. You will never hear an alcoholic or recovering alcoholic or a drug addict say, I am healed because you can never be healed. What it is, is the voice you finally got control over. You got to quiet down. You got it to stick into your be- the back of your head. You understand what I'm saying? It's basically what you, what you did. But situations can arise where that demon will pop back up in your head. And that voice will be louder than any other voice of rationalizing or reasoning that you've ever had. You know, and what do you do? You know, what do you do? I wish, you know how many uh, parent people lost their parents to drug overdoses or, or situations of abuse of, of, of a drug? You know, if, if only their parents said at one point when they saw they were losing their family, you know what, I got to stop this. I need to go into a sober house. You understand what I'm saying? How powerful what it is, what she say. It's not easy to say something like that. It's not easy to admit something like that. And I just feel like, damn, girl, that's how you be who the fuck you is. Boss, bitch, unapologetically. Because at the end of the day, guess what? I'm going to get my shit together. And I bet I'll come back bigger, better, and fucking fresher than before. Better. Better than when the fuck I was passing out, man. Because <clears throat> she probably was coming down on something and overheating that day. I've been there. Cold turkey after that shit. You understand what I'm saying? I'll try to once. One time trying some shit, one bad fucking come down. Again, they're going to have me do that shit again. You know? That's just what it is. <clears throat> I'm so proud of her. Because you say, when you you are, you are a woman who's a, a, loose to a certain type of style in the living. You could go home every night and lay up in a house. And still go to an outpatient program. Anywhere. You know, but still come back home to sit your ass down. That's somebody that's really trying us 24 hour. That means I'm so fucked up right now. I need you on call as a sub, as, as, as a um, sponsor. I call you up right now. That's what you're supposed to do now. I'm, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm on you. You know what I'm saying? That person's supposed to be ready to come see you, ready to talk to you, ready to pray with you on the phone, ready to hear you cry it out. This is somebody that's showing up for their life, man. I, I mean, damn. <clears throat> wish, wish um, more people would share, you know. Now, <clears throat> try to make sure that I said everything that I wanted to say. Yeah, because when you stop drinking, people tell you all the time. Every time they go to a party still, some people don't know. And they'll be like, hey, you want to drink? And then they'll be like, oh, you know. And it's, I always appreciate the people that be like, um, I'm recovering alcoholic. I, I have a drink. I'm sober now. 
then you almost feel like damn man shit you know what i'm saying like if i i would like i feel like the devil you know what i'm saying like the devil using me to come in and then they'll explain like no but they have to exercise these tools every day it's not easy you know is there some people in the beginning the your sponsor or your sobriety coach or whoever you're working with well especially with 12 steps they'll tell you listen all of that going out to eat with the friends uh any weddings or parties and especially if it's the holidays and you know you can't be honest with your family right now or they're not going to respect you enough to say listen so-and-so is in recovery. We're so happy about it. This house is dry for Thanksgiving, bitch. Ain't going to be a drop of fucking alcohol. You want that shit? You go up the block and drink that shit. Don't come up in this house smelling like it will knock you the fuck out. You've been warned. And I've seen people go through the lanes uh, for people like that that they love. You know, I know a woman, <clears throat> a Romanian woman who lived um, in my community when I used to live in Long Island. Uh, she used to drink a lot, wine. You know, very nice lady, very well off. Her husband used to work for the Waldorf Astoria in, in Manhattan, and the kids grew up and, went to, and married, the, you know, good men and women and had beautiful children. But the son used to always come home and he used to hate that she drank so much. One day he came in the house. He saw us drinking on the couch. He picked up in her pajamas and threw her in the car. And he took her to the ER and he threw her in a detox. And she cried and she cried and she cried. And then he gave her an ultimatum. And then then she seen her son talking because he didn't want to see his mother going through that. And then she went through the program and she did um, wonderful. I remember she went back to Romania to visit and she sent me a postcard. I moved from there, but I'm, I'll never forget, like, you know, that was her story. And then the um, daughter, her daughter, who she was very close with at one point, because her drinking got so bad, she wouldn't come over to visit with the new baby. So she didn't see her granddaughter. After that, the family started coming to visit. So sometimes you got to, you know, you got to be honest with yourself. But sometimes it takes people to help you see. But she worked very hard on it. She lost weight because a lot of the weight that she had on her was sugar <clears throat> from alcohol. And stuff she would you would see her more out in the community walking more she wasn't more isolated inside so i don't know i'm just like super um encouraged and empowered at wendy i'm feeling like yeah girl power girl boss that's how we want to talk shit that's how we you know tell it how it is our way without having nobody try to shame us for some shit that is nothing to be ashamed of it's nothing to be ashamed of the saying i need help we all know the first step to solving a problem is admitting that you have one so my prayers are for Wendy um, and anybody else who might be in that situation. Maybe she inspires you or maybe if you're an overcomer and you're sober and you have some time under your belt, we're going to give you a round of applause. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not easy, man. If it was easy, everybody would do it. It's not easy. <clears throat> and on that note, yep, I'm done. I hit every note. Love y'all. See you next time here on Chapel's Counter.